yeah, and also, what's going on? I'm going to have a great guest on here in a little bit. I can't wait to interview him. But uh, we got uh, some of the... Uh, Sanctions, sanctions. Think like like we're being uh, furloughed. We got the the thing lifted, right? So they got some restaurants you can you can go into, which I still don't trust that. I really don't. I mean, I'm going to be like that for a while. I think. I mean, I still wear my mask everywhere I go, except for here, obviously. But I still wear my wear my mask everywhere I go. So I don't know, man. I mean, it's weird, but I I, I guess we need the the. Um, the, getting out in public, I guess we people definitely need it job wise, but man, it's like it's just a weird, it's a it's the weirdest time we've ever been in, and, and I don't know, it's get, but but I am catching up on my Netflix movies. Uh, if you guys get a chance, see the movie Time to Hunt. I saw this last night, and I put a, a review up on my YouTube channel. Did you see? Did you see the review? It, it's a Korean movie, and and just like Parasite was a Korean movie, also, it's like. I don't know if it's uh, it's uh, whatever, but they all start off kind of slow, and when they get you, man, they got you. And it's and it's about this. I don't want to tell too much uh, about the movie because I want people to find it out on their own. But uh, basically, it's these kids, and they're trying to find themselves. One gets out of prison. They find out uh, apparently they stole a lot of money, but then uh, the money ran out basically, and so they, they want to make this big heist. And they want to knock over this big guy, and they're and they're basically not really losers, but they're they're going nowhere. And then so they this guy who gets out of prison wants to knock over this this uh, this gambling establishment, and he runs the ire of uh, this this basically a hitman. They get hired him to find out who did it. And man, let me tell you some some the suspense in this movie is great. It's like a it's like a uh, like I said, it's like an anaconda, man. You're like watching it. Oh, it's a nice thing. It's, you know, oh, this motherfucker got me. And that's what that movie is, man. It's a it's a good movie. The suspense is great in that movie. It's about two hours and fourteen minutes. And then the subplot with that movie was incredible. I don't know what it's something about foreign movies I love more. I don't know what it is. There's something about a foreign movie I just. I don't know. I don't. I mean, don't don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. They're not all like great movies, but the ones I watch, at least, they're just. Oh, you gotta watch them, man. I I, I like uh, the Korean movies, uh, Spanish movies. I watched a couple Italian movies, but I'm really a big Spanish movie fan. I, I, I for some reason I like what they do. The sense of realism in their movies and, and like they take their time. If you get a chance on Netflix, go watch the um, watch some of the foreign movies. They're really good movies, man. So anyway. So what else have I been I've been doing this way? I've done some podcasts. I couldn't get my uh, tried to do a podcast uh, last night, or uh, it was some kind of different. I don't know why all these streaming uh, these things came in. Like I barely learned how to do Zoom, and there was another one last night, and I didn't get it. I didn't get it right, and I was and uh, when the guy said, "Hey, BT, are you there?" I said, "Yeah," and he heard me, and I turned my computer, and I turned my iPad around, and I lost him that quick, and it was done. And it, I felt so like a piece of shit because, yeah, I didn't know who to t- talk to. He he said he wasn't computer savvy either, and then we couldn't get it back. He could he could see me, but he couldn't hear me. And so, um, yeah, man, I don't know. For one, I thought it was just Skype. First, it was just Skype. Do you remember the old days when you had to have a webcam? Do you remember those days, Wyatt? You actually had to buy a separate webcam and you hooked into the side of your computer. Okay, well, just like that then. We don't act like I'm, you know, I'm. I'm Ancient, like I'm Fred Flintstone here, man. I'm the black Fred Flintstone. <laughs> no, but yeah, it's just like that. You put that on a computer. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, they it incorporated. And then now, um, oh, here's, this is weird, but I had to go to this. But I got this email from this guy. Years ago, I got I to gotta go back before I go forward. Years ago, um, in my room, out of nowhere, the light on my computer came on like, like it was videotaping me. And I was like, what? And I didn't, I wouldn't touch anything. Like, this is weird. And then it just goes off. Okay. This is at least, at least three, four years ago. 
And so about a month ago, I get an email from this guy saying, he goes, I know your password is this, which it was for a while back in the day. And he goes, and so, and I know you've been going to these sites. And if you don't give me this amount of money, I'm going to send an email, whatever, to all your friends on your contact list. Yeah, the email said this. He said, he said, I'm gonna. Yeah, he's extorting me. He basically says, I, you know, I know what you've been looking at on your site, and he goes, by the way, you have good taste, ha ha ha. Uh, yeah, but if you don't give me this amount of money, I'm gonna uh, send uh, this videotape uh, of what you've been watching to all your people on your contact list. And then, and honestly, I go, why? And he like, for him to get my password like that, I mean, he was spot on with that. And I was like, oh, man. And then I swear to God, like everything else I do, I go, oh, man, I forgot to get back to that guy. And I just erased the email. I go, I forgot. I mean, I was like going through emails and I go, oh, my God. And I thought about calling the FBI or contacting them. And then, like like the scatterbrain I am, I just forgot. And I am deleting, uh, deleting it and keeping my fingers crossed. Like, I hope nobody gets, you know, like an email. Huh? This happened, man. This was about three weeks ago, four weeks ago. Yeah, but he was spot on. So he went. So I wonder if that was him who went through my uh, who went through my computer and turned it on. It's weird, man. It really is. So he, he's ready. He's ready. Okay, but yeah. So um, yeah, that was. It kind of bothered me a little bit, man. You know, that he could go into my email and find out what I was watching. And, but the fact he said I had good taste, I was like, oh, well, thanks. I appreciate that. But still, I don't know. It just worried me. So I wonder, can, you, can, can I contact the FBI from that? Oh, there he is. Oh, look at him. Yeah, I can hear oh, you, man. Oh, there he is. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. See, it always throws me off because why it goes, okay, we'll bring him in at this, mount, this uh, you know, at a certain time. And so I'm like, oh, I got to talk until he comes in. And then so I'm like, I wasn't ready for that part. So I was like just rambling or kind of ramb. But it is true. Somebody thinks trying to extort me. But anyway, let's get to the man of the app. Man, let me tell I you like, something. I like that padding. It looks like a padding behind you. Like you're in like a. An like insane a, asylum? Exactly, yeah. fits. That fits. <laughs> <laughs> that definitely fits. Yes. <laughs> hey, for people who don't know, this guy I'm, I'm talking to now, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart. This guy, first of all, let me get him his, his accolades, and they are and they are very worthy accolades. This guy was voted Showtime's funniest person in America. I mean, this is long years ago. This is before everybody had cable. So he was voted Showtime's funniest person. <laughs> <laughs> he was voted Showtime's funniest person in America. Uh, he did there was a, four people on the earth at that time. And they yeah. all shared it, and they all shared it. Exactly. And, uh, he, he's been on A&E. He's been on BET. He was Showtime comic of the month. And I remember when you won that Showtime's funniest person in America. I remember that you were skinnier, and, and I, th- I think you had glasses on, didn't you? Um, didn't you have glasses? Yeah, yeah I, I I still wear glasses, but I don't. I didn't have them on during that time. Okay, okay, and then um, yeah. and and you headlined, and this is recently you headlined the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. Let me tell you something, man. You don't get your just due for what you do. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Lewis Johnson Jr., uh, a friend, a fellow colleague, and I mean from the bottom of my heart. And what I appreciate about you, Lou, man, is that, like, 
it takes me back old school and then like I feel like yeah. now in comedy, there's nobody I can I can like you know do the dozens with or just ra rag on, and we know it's all fun, it's all good. I don't have that now, and I just thought about that with you when I was looking you up and I know everything. I'll go, I you know we could do that, we could talk shit about you. Like man, this next guy, you know he he was a voted the funniest person in America, but there was only yeah, you know four and, TVs at comedy, and none of that really matters. We know that because it all happens once you get on stage. No, it, it, um, like I just watched Seinfeld's. Um, Newest special. Yeah, I, yeah, it came out real quiet. Nobody said anything. Yeah, and uh, and he said it himself. He goes, "You think I want to be up here grinding on another one of these?" Yes. You guys don't care about me, and I don't care about you. Yeah. He, isn't he cocky? I mean, he's he's a he's an arrogant little cocky, but he keeps it in check. But if you really listen to what he says between the lines, Seinfeld's really kind of arrogant, dude. Well written stuff, though. But. It is, it's tight, well-written stuff. But he deserves it. It's like, you know, if you watch The Last Dance with Michael Jordan, they showed Seinfeld in the locker room, and Phil Jackson kind of politely kicked him out. But it's like, those two were, they're slightly arrogant, but they're the best. I mean, I, I cite, and I love what you did in the background. The greatest comedy album ever that wanted right there. That's product placement. I say Richard Pryor is my favorite, uh, as far as, uh, you know, one of the greatest of all time. I, I, had, a, I had a choice. I had that. I had Moms Mabley. I had Dick Gregory. Um, I had um, a couple other people, but my, my first three choices to place back there was uh, no that one right Richard, there. Richard, Moms Mabley, or Dick Gregory. You know, so yeah. That album right there. I mean, first to me, as far as just raw, funny, 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 I say that nigger's crazy was the like just funny, funny. But that was ribs. This one is rib spreader though. He opened it up. That one it was just, where here's everything. Well, you know how Louis uh, Louis C.K. says, you know, go deeper and go deep. And this is the maturation of the writing. This is when he went to his feelings. This is when he went and yeah. and, and everything. I mean, it was, it was longer and drawn out, but it was, I mean, but not in a bad way. It was just so beautiful the way he uh -huh. did it, man. I mean, because that nigga's crazy. I mean, don't get me wrong. It was great, but it, it was it was club comedy at its best. To me, it was, and 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 he did different but it things. Wasn't, it wasn't as even. As this one is that I mean that one right because there. The, uh, that nigga's crazy had like um, some great bits in it. It was raw and it was stuff he'd been doing for a while. But this one was even all the way through. It, like, it, I, I listen to that nigga's crazy. I go, okay, that bit could have been done, you know, a little more fleshed out. Right. But this thing, that's the well, oh, that's crazy. I I, I I I cite him as one of my you know. Uh, idols or whatever growing up but also Seinfeld I remember watching Seinfeld on on the tonight and I never knew his name I just remember like on the weekends yeah. my, my mom and dad my mom and dad let me stay up as late as I wanted to uh Friday and Saturday so I would watch and it was always comedy I love watching so I watched uh Johnny Carson and then I would watch uh Letterman and then I don't know if you're well of course you remember you're like 80 years old so I remember watching like uh <laughs> I remember watching Don Cursor Don Cur go ahead uh oh, at the COVID? That's the COVID, that's the COVID kicking in. Oh, shit. Hold up. No, wait, wait. Nice knowing hold you, up, Lou. Bro. Nice knowing no, hold you. Up, hold up, hold up. Hold up. Uh, oh, that oh. was not. Oh, that was good, Lou. Okay, I feel a lot better okay. now. All right. <laughs> what, what were you saying? I, <laughs> well played, my man. That was beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> I like. I remember watching Don Kirscher's rock concert, um, uh, a midnight special, and they were in. I never knew when it was gonna, they were going to come on because we didn't have the uh, TV guy. We just went by. Yeah. I wonder what's on. They take those at midnight. Actually. Yeah, yeah, but and man, I remember though watching Seinfeld on the Tonight Show, and he did a bit about a 
a horse. And he said, they got that, that big on. They got the on. And he kept doing it till I, I literally was crying. I had tears come out of my eye and I was holding my stomach. And I'm a kid. And I, I just remember going, I got to get this guy's name. Because every time I, I watch Tonight Show, I go, hope a comedian's on. And he became one of my favorites, but I never knew his name. I said, you know what? I'm going to get his name now. And then when it said, Jer- I go, from here on out, I'm going to know his name. He said, Jerry Seinfeld. And after that, I was the biggest fan. And him... And I and actually Robert Klein, remember Robert Klein? I can't I stop my a, leg. I got a Robert Klein one in there too. Of course I you do, Luke. I can't stop my leg. Yeah. Of course you do. You probably got a bootleg of Jesus doing an open mic somewhere in Jerusalem. No, I only got his um his when he started getting developed. <laughs> I heard about him though. JC and the boys. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I got I got Moses stuff too. I got the lost um, the lost. Commandment tablet. I got that one too. You probably got Moses probably has a dedication to you on his scroll. I mean, that's how old you are. Honestly, yeah. how many years in the business? How many he years? dropped it on the way down the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> how many years in the business you been in, man? To be honest, how many years? Man, this is like 35, man. Oh. I think at least 35. My son is a my son's 31. So yeah, it's been like the 35 years pretty much, man. And man. we've seen everything, bro. We you have seen, I remember you. Um, as a skinny kid, <laughs> the upper body build, but you weren't working on your legs. Hey. <laughs> Fuck and, you, Lou. Fuck you, man. I, I mean that. And our you. friend, yeah. David Gray. Yes. Oh, rest, rest in, peace. in peace. Rest in peace, David. David. God, that hurt. And uh, I remember us going to dinner at uh, David's house. <laughs> and and he, his dad, his dad, is, his dad just in embarrassed the hell out of him because his dad would just say whatever because his dad was a uh, slightly racist <clears throat> but uh we were all eating and we and they had his mama laid out a big spread for us and bt's just eating that's you know? what i do man if you invite me over to eat that's what i'm gonna do i'm not gonna it's act just, like yeah yeah it's not nice it's not yeah. a nice thing to see can you hear now but i remember that and he was just um you just eating and his dad goes boy you guys sure can't eat hey uh you like watermelon and me and um, <laughs> David kind of froze. The BT didn't miss a beat. BT just goes, yep. It just keeps eating. Because like- I knew where he was going with that, but it, it was it's weird because it's like, you know, I, I don't think he meant it with any malice. And I was well, he hungry. <laughs> you you know? hungry. Yeah. Come on, when you got BT eats with a knife and fork. And still licks his fingers. No, it's a true story. It's a true story. And this happened a couple years ago. I was really hungry, which is a bad spot for me to be at a restaurant. I mean, I was really hungry. I was starving. I And I, you don't understand this. I was halfway through my meal, and the waitress goes, oh, I'm sorry. I forgot your silverware. And I was halfway through my meal. And that's a true story. And I was like, I don't, you know, I was like, oh. That happened, that happened a lot of times when we were on the road together. And I went, oh. By the way, I, 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 my producer is 19 years old. And I had him listen to your 19? story. Dude, this dude is why you understand, Mike, I love this guy. He's 19, right? He's the kind of white dude. He'll go into the hood and tutor black kids, right? Tell them about Marcus Garvey and Michael Max. And then, like, you know, the cousin will come in like, yo, white boy, you want to play some ball? And he'll go out and bust 30 on their ass and then leave and say, have a good day, guys. And, and you'll go, damn. Oh, white men can't jump the mo- This the, dude, the, I'm the telling producer? you, this dude, man, I'm listening to him about investing advice. I'm like, so what should I do? I'll talk to you about that later, BT, but you need to diversify your funds i mean this dude i'm telling you he, did, he, so, did he make you did he make you download download acorn onto your phone so you could 
start investing your pennies <laughs> and, your, and your nickels and your dimes. No, he don't like he don't like acorn. He said, "Ernie goes, no, I don't like acorn." BT, I'll discuss okay, what, that with what, you later. What, what app? What app should we take to? We should we listen to? Well, we'll we'll talk about that later. It's my show. It's my show. But he listens. He's my brother. I listen to him, man. He texted me last week. He texted me last week, and like he was mad at me, but he wasn't mad. It was just being constructive. But he was like, he basically said, "Hey, motherfucker, I did all that work for you, and you're fucking it up." And I was like, "My bad." And then and then I sort of got two days later. He goes, "Hey, man, I hope they didn't come off wrong." <laughs> and I was well, like, and I was like, "Hey, man, I'm black. I'm used to it. I'm used to it. I'm like, look, motherfucker. You know, what I'm what I meant was." So I was like, cool, but it was so funny because he, he texted me back like two days later. He goes, Wyatt, I hope they didn't come out bad. Wyatt, just, just be glad that you're not of drinking age yet so you don't have to be around BT when he starts drinking. Because <laughs> yeah, BT you know. has a thing. Um, uh, his body fat isn't that much. Well, this is back a few, uh, a few years ago. His body fat is like that. So when he drinks, it goes straight into his bloodstream. And then it comes up here, and you can be across the room, and <laughs> and it sounds like BT's right here. I, I tell people we were I, in Vegas. Yeah. We were in Vegas, and we all four of us got drunk off her ass, and BT's across the room. It's in the middle of a karaoke in bar Vegas, in a karaoke, karaoke bar yeah. in Vegas with with the slot machines, and you can still hear me. Yeah, we Easy. took over the karaoke bar after our show, the four of us, and we're drunk. We're over there drunk. And you just, Lou, Luke, hey, dude, hey, what's up, man? What's up, man? Yeah, 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 B, what is it? Hey, man, this is some good-ass drinks. <laughs> but but that's true, but at the same time, when I drink, I, I, I'm a happy drunk, I get happier, and I get louder, which is, I mean, I'm already loud anyway, but I get louder, der, der, der. Yeah, so why do you have two or three mics there? You just got like, Hey, don't worry about it, man. Want, want, just listen to the question. Why don't you answer the question? Don't worry about what I do. Don't worry about what I do. And by see, the way... This is us all the time. Right yeah, here. but by the way, what, what and you said mentioned before, and I I was gonna bring this in later, but we were in a group together, and honestly, I mean this from the bottom of my heart, the way the world is going now, I think what we did is needed now more than ever. And uh, for those uh, people who don't know, me Lou. Me, me, Lewis Johnson Jr. here, this is a great comic I'm talking to now, along with a comedian named Vince Morris and Billy D. Washington, we were in a group called the Sellout Comedy Tour. We call it Sellout because each of us, uh, we're, we were, we were uh, African-American comics, black comics, but we also work mainstream rooms. And it sounds like nothing, but... That's a big thing. Like a lot of black comics, like they just work the black rooms or they have the, you know, urban night, quote unquote, yeah, black night. People get jealous of you when you can work both. Yeah, now, and, and, and you know, sometimes, and some black comics would be like, hey man, good for y'all. Some of them had a little animosity toward us. But we were, we, were, uh, we were some of the few that worked both rooms. And what we did was we all four go on stage and we have a little, uh, uh, five minutes tell about who we are as a person and then we come on do a 15 minute uh our set be a 15 minutes we have a little break and then we write down ask a black man anything you wanted to uh, ask but we're yeah, afraid during of the show during, the, during show. the show people are getting these questions they get a little slip of paper that says ask a black man anything you want to want to know but we're afraid to ask and during the show the ushers are going to the theater picking up the uh the slips and meanwhile and they keep bringing them back to us so they, we get a chance to look at those questions in the back and we got some wild questions and at the end of the show um uh one of the guys who walked back out reintroduced everybody else and we all sat back in our chairs and i would pass out the the um slips to everybody and i'd always tell people remember this and always say, yes yes um we're not we're not gonna answer all of these but we are gonna read them just so you can 
know the kind of people you're sitting there. <laughs> exactly. I remember that, man. And yeah. and the thing about that, it, it, there was never any ringers and everything was off the cuff. And what we did, and I know I, I don't want to brag or anything, but I'm not going to lie, man. What we did was... I, Honestly, it was so, I don't say groundbreaking, but in a way it kind of was because I never seen anything like that before. I mean, because no offense to people who are urban comics, who are real, real urban comics. I mean, uh, the kings of comedy, yeah, they did what they did, but they didn't do it how we did it. And in the yeah, sense they, of, yeah. we, you know, it was interactive where people could ask the questions, where instead of heckling, we say, you know what, ask these questions here. We don't know who you are. And, and they were yeah. honest. And I, the one I remember, and I'll ask you, have you time, uh, have you get time to uh, figure out which one your favorite one? My favorite one ever was we were in we were in Park City, Utah. I don't know if you remember this when Park City, Utah, and the guy said, and the, and the question was, why does my dad hate you guys so much? And I remember <laughs> that. And and there was on and there was that one black dude in the audience, remember? And he got up and left on that one. And and then we were like, why'd you leave? And these are your people. We're not. These aren't ringers. We're doing yeah. this off the cuff. I mean, like yeah. sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. I mean, we had shows where you know we went too long on a subject, and we realized it. But the great thing about you is, and I'll get to this, is that you take you tape every show so we were able to look at it and go okay you know what we shouldn't go too long on a subject we should do this and that and and you know stick it basically like ollie stick and move and so what was your favorite question uh, on that from my from favorite i actually posted it i had two of them but my favorite i posted it um a few days ago i think i took it down i posted it on uh, facebook the um yoda woman what was that we were in cleveland yeah okay the cleveland improv okay and the question was why I not be having a man? <laughs> remember that? I like, remember why, that. Why, why I, I not, not be? Why I not be having a man? And it just went off from there. Yeah, it I really jumped in. Because first of all, <laughs> you yelled out sentence structure. <laughs> yeah. and, and Vince and Vince said, Vince said, you know what? After reading this this bullshit, I'm gonna go and get this fat ass white girl. Right? <laughs> and then and then Billy jumped in was uh he, he when he says, Oh, that question I wrote. Because right? <laughs> I had I had just jumped up and said, after we dogging her out, yeah. she's standing up going, That's me, that's me. <laughs> and Billy goes, I question that wrote. <laughs> <laughs> and then we just went off from there, man. It was <laughs> I that just was the craziest. And to be honest, that was I think for a, for a period in in life, I that was I look forward to that more than anything because I, people don't realize, and I'm going to get to it, when, when you do this job for so long, I don't know about you, when you first start out or what your goals were, but I mean, we all look at the fame, at least, I, and which, I don't think it's bad, we look at, okay, getting up here, having your own special, you know, traveling around, because you look at the, eight, uh, you know, the HBO specials, and you go, that's what I'm going to do, and then there, and then, okay, you're getting stuff here and there, a little TV, and like, oh, I'm on my way. And then you reach that point to where it's like, ah, and it kind of plateaus. And then, I don't know about you, a depression kind of sets in where it's like, okay, it's a job. And then it becomes the grind. Then it becomes, okay, I got to drive this 12, 13 hours to get this $300. Hopefully it's $300 if I can sell this merch. And then you're in a, some kind of shitty hotel and you go, man, I hope nobody breaks in and tries to rape me. You know what I mean? And then, or wonder where I'm at. You wake up, you literally go, where am I at now? And I remember having, and that's the, that's one of the scariest feelings in the world, working up, like waking up like, 
where am I at? I remember, I don't know where I was. I don't know where I was, but I remember waking up and I was like, what, where, what city am I in? And it's just scary. And then when Selah came along, we, we, we did that because there, there was nobody like us doing what we were going to do. There, there was no voice for like the mainstream black comic. And it sounds like nothing, but there is no place. For, I mean, everybody likes the, uh, the, the, the urban comic. I mean, at least, at least back in the day. Now, not so much. Now there's a whole new generation, which I think is great. I love it. But back when we were doing it, there was no room for the, for the mainstream black comic. And what sucked was the rooms we go in, they were mainly white. So you couldn't, it, I remember like even, you know, I never was really like urban urban comic or you know ghetto whatever you want to call it but i remember we talk about stuff that the, the little topics that you know only black people would really grasp and you do it to yeah. a white audience yeah. and they wouldn't understand what you're talking about and so you kind of had to keep it kind of mainstream and and i tell you what and then we had that urban night and the club owner would have you open up or do whatever you go and they would eat my ass alive because i had nothing like hey guys how about that pearl jam huh and i mean they were like pearl yeah, jam i got i got <laughs> I got quacked, um, and I think it was uh, was it Little Rock, Arkansas, uh, it was it was someplace. And dude, because I, I I can't I I can't relate to a lot of the, the yes. hard times that you're talking about because I I lucked out. Yeah, I lucked out. I got that that Showtime stuff and and all that, and that just kind of boosted me in the, into some different clubs. But I had that moment. I got quacked. I, you remember they used to fly you in if they wanted you to do radio. They didn't they fly us fly in, but we had to fly our own ass in. Yeah, yeah, they, they, flew, they flew you they in. You, Did you in? Well, yeah, I, I would get some. I would get a little extra money. Right? Oh, but look they, at you, Mister Big Time. Okay. No, yeah, like yeah. Here's here's, here's a third of your ticket. We're gonna give you. <laughs> and we got a crop duster. He's gonna pick you up in a field outside of outside of Pueblo. Yeah. Be there. Yeah. Don't be late. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and while you're there, take this bushel. Yeah. <laughs> But what happened was, uh, you know, remember they used, they used to fly you in the day before because right. they wanted you to get up and do radio for the first day of the week. Right. Well, I flew in the day before, and there was uh, was brother night. Oh, urban night, and which is and there was oh. and black people we can't we can't we can't have like just steak. Yeah. We want to we want to have a whole plate of some stuff. So before <laughs> the before the black for the for the stand up, yeah, it was poetry slam. Oh. <laughs> So, which was probably, I think it was sponsored by somebody who owned the dress shop in the area. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, the dress yeah. and a hair shop. So, you know, you have like a, a, a poet would go up. Right. And then um, the guy would get on the mic and he'd go, and now to, for the next piece of fashion. And so a woman would come out in a piece of fashion thing and then they bring up another poet. So by the time the poets and the, and the models were done, then it was comedy night. Oh. And so, so it was already long. Bro- it's all brothers. And so of course. everybody going up was um, horrible. <laughs> <clears throat> and my arrogant ass, you know how we get big after you've been there for a while, yeah. your, first, your first 10, 15 years, yeah. you get arrogant. So my arrogant ass is, look, I'm in the back thinking, man, I should, I, I'm going to go up. I'm going to kill him. I'm going to go up because I'm headlining here this week. I'm going to go up. Yeah, yeah I, I got this. I go to the host. I said, hey, man, I'm headlining here. He goes, yeah, I'll do. You want to do some time? I'm like, yeah. So I go on stage. <laughs> I get one minute in. They're just looking at me. And and I, I get I start another joke. And this woman in the middle of the room, you hear, quack. I'm like, what? Who the fuck? Quack. And I look out at the audience. 
And this woman is sitting there like this. She's like, quack, quack. <laughs> she quacked me off the stage. I said, man, come get the goddamn microphone. And I walked off the stage. How, how long were you up there? Maybe less than four or five minutes. And you really, you went off that, man, you, you didn't put up a fight. Like, hold on, I got Dude, some more for you. It was, I was, I was dying the slow flopping death of a fish out of water. And <laughs> I've been there. And what happened? And what happened? This is this is what was really messed up. I learned my lesson. I learned my lesson, B. So, so the next night is the first night of, of the regular club. Right, right, right. But when the white people show up. No, 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 oh, no. The first night of the the first night of the regular week was also sponsored by another black. Oh, radio station. so you had to put up with them again. No, so what happens? Uh, Two black nights. Here's what happened. I went home that night and I went through everything I had and just started yes. putting shit together. I, right? yes. You know how we do that, right? Yes, yes. And meanwhile, with my black every, shit at. Yeah, every black comic in town had, were, either, were either there or they heard about it. Yes. So that, so that next night, <clears throat> we got a room full of people, but there's about nine or 10 comics sitting in the back of the room. Because they're thinking, if he falls on his face, we can jump up there, save the night. Right. And I, hey, man, I don't brag much, B, but I yeah. tell you this. I had a good set. Because you know you had a good show when black people are buying your CDs. That, yeah, bingo. Man, okay. that, and it's, it's the greatest feeling in the world. But you know what, yeah, though? After that show, after that show they, they bought CDs. And I was like, whew. And this brother walked up and said, man. That was all right. I was here last night. I saw what happened. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and the, and the thing about that, this is one of those things, honestly, that it's one of the few, like I said, one of the things that you almost got to be black to understand that because when we, uh, because, and what happened, you, you you get caught out. Like, okay, like you do the mainstream rooms and you're getting your last, okay, I'm good. And then, and this, especially back in these days, back in those days, and then you had that urban night and you come up with that, that corny shit and they're looking at you like, what? And, and then, <laughs> You go back to and you go back to the drawing board. Like I said, you go, okay, let me get my black shit. And you look at it, and you go, okay, and then I'm ready. And you get that. And you remember when the Comedy Zone had their urban rooms? And I yeah. swear to God, man, and I'm not gonna lie, I remember like, you know, I come from mainstream and then they had only had a I weekend. Do. It was a Friday and Saturdays, and I was in the South. And I remember, man, I struggled, I would always struggle on the first night. And then once I got that rhythm, I was good. And I did two, I did back-to-back -back weekends, and I'm not gonna lie. I got to the point where I wasn't, I wasn't scared of black crowds. I was like, yeah, come on, bring it. I got that rhythm. And then I don't know what happened. I started doing mainstreams again. And, you know, I think I went from like North Carolina to Iowa. And you can't bring that urban to Iowa. So it's like, yeah. and then I, had, you know, I went back to the mainstream. But man, in a way, it was kind of better but for you me. Weren't, you, you weren't fake about it. That's the thing. Yeah, and I've seen brothers that I was, I was in um, North Carolina. With, yeah. Uh, and it was an urban night for yeah. a comedy song. And you've seen this shit, man. I'm talking to this brother backstage, and he's he sounds like a damn accountant. Yeah. And then he goes up on stage and he goes into the whole overblown thing. And I'm like, that ain't the same brother I was just talking to. You know, I'm I'm glad you said that. There's another comic, and we both know him. I'm not gonna call his name out. He's a good dude, but you talk to him, and it's like, okay, and then you get on stage, you go, What is this? And, and but in in their defense, 
it's not being comfortable with who you are and what and what you think. And like I said, I think the environment's better now because it's and that's why I love by Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart walks that edge where he's not really an urban kind, but he keeps it urban enough where black people like him. But he's not really yeah. the, not that overblown urban where like like he's not like a Mike Epps and not not to diss Mike Epps. Mike Epps is one of my favorites, but he I is who I do too. I mean, I love what he does. He makes me he's one of the few people that makes me laugh extremely hard to where my stomach hurts, but. I mean, but he's not—he's not that. And I mean, Epps can go into those rooms in South Central or or whatever in the hardest, you know, black rooms and make them laugh. Where I, I'd be a trembling bitch. I ain't gonna lie, he man. Epps was Epps was, was wilding out on um, Instagram uh, a few days ago. About what? Dude, he had on a robe and some goggles or something. I think I seen and that. He was and he was in his basement or whatever his rec room yeah. is, and he was playing old school R&B. Yeah. And he was roller skating. Around his I face. saw that. I saw that. I saw that. That was kind of cool, actually. That was kind of cool. I like that. I was that. like, damn. I like that. What the hell? Come on. I like, like that. But you know what, though? But that's what I like what we did because we had the black people that came out who, and it's so hard to, uh, to explain to anybody, black or white or Mexican or whatever, is that, you know, hey, man, we're comics. We just happen to be black. And so... I don't know what you're expecting. And Billy would say it too. You know, I don't know if it's hard to, you know, what you guys were expecting from us. Would we smell like weed? Would you, would you get the urban references? And that's the truth. And we were just being yeah. who we were. And But what I loved was the black people that got it. The ones that were like us who like, yeah, we're, we're happy to be black in this and that, but we're not really, you know, urban, urban. We're not really, we didn't come up with roaches in our house. We didn't come up with yeah. like babies, daddies. You know what I mean? My, you know, I mean, my mom and dad were great parents. You know, I had a mom and a dad and they both work they you know if i had a b plus on my a b minus on my report card you know i had some explaining to do so it, 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 and, no but what that but what the, and we weren't and we weren't shunning like you know urban or, or you know, ghetto comics or whatever we weren't shunning. it was just we were saying hey this is who we are and i think some people i remember lavelle crawford had a look on his face kind of like uh hey yeah i remember it was at uh what's that uh it's in in L.A. on Pico, I forget the name of the room, uh, Comedy Union. I remember uh-huh. he uh, he was at the door, and I was like, hey, what's up, Lavelle? And he go, and there's another dude standing next to me. He goes, yeah, man, he's in a group, and he kind of had a face like, and I didn't want to call him out on it, but I, I knew that face. That's that face like, yeah, these dudes do this, you know, this sellout book. I mean, I'm just saying what I thought he was saying. I'm just trying to interpret it. You know, I just knew I knew that face. And it, and it made me mad back in the day, but it was like, listen, not everybody can be you know this well, kind you know, type of comic. One thing, the one thing we can be proud of is I think, um, I think Paul Mooney said I don't think people are ready for. I don't think people are ready for what you brothers want to want to bring. He said it about us. Paul, about us. He yeah, did. I think he said that. Uh, yeah, because I know somebody. I think one somebody asked him about about the idea of it, and he. I don't think people are ready for what these brothers are going to bring. And, and to be so, honest, so I, we get, if we got we got Mooney's approval, I'm I'm like I got no problem. What anybody else got to say? Well, to be to be completely honest, I really think, and I'm not trying to, but I just think, I just think we were ahead of our time a little bit, and I think, and who knows, but I think everybody say piggybacked, but if you look at it now, remember there was a little uh, a little tour called the uh, the Black Renaissance Comedy, uh, whatever it was. Yeah, there's and, a bunch. There's a bunch of now, a bunch of tours that are out now, like that. And then, and when I see guys that kind of kind of did what we did, I mean, I kind of feel like Chappelle did uh, for, with Key and Peele. You know what I mean? Like, ah, you doing my show? And in a way, but it's great, and I love it. And I and I, I'm not gonna lie. 
I don't have that, that anxiety in my heart when I used to do like all black rooms. I just remember, mm-hmm. man, and, and I'm I'm gonna call him out, and I don't mean to call him, but I don't think he he. Anyway, so you don't have to call him. Uh, you can tell me later. It was me. I'll tell you. It was me. I think Cleveland Jackson, and uh, we were opening up for uh, oh, uh, what's his name? Who has the, the the radio show in Alabama? What's his name? Dio. No, not Dio. Uh, uh, oh, uh, Ricky Smiley. Okay. Ricky Smiley. And, and, and yeah. no, 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 no. It was Eddie Griffin, and you know he brings a whole different audience. So it was me, Eddie. Yeah, so it's it, truth, it, me, and, and I remember room. I went up, and you know I did okay. I did okay. But I remember Cleveland. Cleveland's a funny dude. I remember Cleveland, and I swear to God, I saw this. I literally saw him shrink on stage because his jokes would be oh. here, and he's a great writer. But I literally saw him shrink, and I go, "Oh man!" And I remember, and I remember this story, and I'm gonna call him out, and I, I hope I have him on the show. We can laugh about it. But I had a friend, he called me, he goes, hey, B, he goes, man, I'm, you know, I, I'm not that kind of comic, and I'm here, uh, he was in Alabama, he was at the start home, he goes, man, uh-huh. I got, you know, I'm not really an urban comic, and and uh, so the opener goes up, he does all this stuff, and I'm not really like that, everybody's laughing, so I go up, and I do everything, you know, all my clothes and stuff up front, and they're just looking at me, and, and they kind of start booing me, I just got off stage, and I go, man, sometimes you just got to be, I, I go, where you at now? He goes, I'm still in the club, they ain't going to pay me. And I just started oh, laughing. And I started laughing. He goes, I go, where you at now? You at the hotel? He goes, no, I'm still at the club. He goes, I'm still waiting. They say they're not going to pay me. And I laughed. And I la- And I mean, because I, I, I've been there before, but I'm sorry, but I just had to laugh. And, and to this, I don't want to call his name. That's my dude. But man, I laughed it's, so hard. It's but rough, man. I've been there. But you know what, though? It makes you a stronger comic. And it makes me now like... When a black crowd, you know, black crowd comes, I'm like, okay, uh, let's bring it. Let's, let's see what happens because then you're going to well, you, work a different you're muscle. You're fearless now, man. You're fearless. I don't know about fearless. I mean. No, no, you do, man, because plus you started working ships too and working working the, the line that, you know, because I work for a few lines. You guys work for for the one line and, and we all work for that same line. But that those crowds that come in for that, for that one, you got to be ready for anything they throw at you. So we became even more of more ninja comics after after those runs. Okay, but let me ask you this then. Okay, you see it. You're 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 in the game like I am, man. We both still love comedy even after all these years. Okay. Yeah. How do you respond to all, you know, it's all the comics that work the clubs and maybe a little bit. I mean, I don't know who's who. I mean, other than your top, I'm going to say top five. After that, who really sells out? But they always dog comics that do cruise ships. I mean, they always, oh, you're a ship comic. And they dog us out. I remember Louis C.K. being on Leno saying, uh, you know, he, he basically was talking shit about being a ship comic. And, you know, Bill Burr has a thing about all the cruise ship pe- just people. Straight, he wants to strafe them, yeah, sink them, and then go through them and strafe them. Yeah, okay, so how do you respond? Respond to that. I mean, when people talk shit about being cruise ship comics or, or Dude, comics. All I know is that all I know is that when I started on ships, there was a lot of that talk. Right. A few years after us, I, I was doing ships. Those same guys were in my email box, are either calling me, are either cornering me at the clubs, asking me, "How do I get on the ships?" But the, but that talk so, is still there though. I mean, I, you go to Twitter. I read in Twitter like somebody. They're talking about when uh, a certain line was going to start up in August, and this guy goes, "Oh, uh, oh." They talk about the buffets and talking about the comics, and and I was just like, you know what, man? If you have a level of success, good for you. I'm happy for you as a comic and professionally. Good for you. But man, don't sit there and shit on the rest of us. You know, be like you'd be like Tom Brady going, "Hey, Dak Prescott, you suck." You know what I mean? It's like, hey, man, sorry, I don't have six rings. You know, my bad. Hey, man. The- 
those same those same guys would take that gig in a in a heartbeat. I mean, you know, if if it's it's there's if if they're not selling the clubs, yeah. Especially after this whole um, coronavirus yeah. thing, yeah, man, they'll take it to the, you know, to go. Okay. But I I got I got no problem with those guys. I'm like, you know, whatever. I mean, I know I know I know what I do on the ships. I know what I've seen other people do. I've seen some of the best stand-ups, some of the best variety acts I've ever seen in my life on the ships. Okay, well, and, and so I'm not I'm not even these guys have some of these guys that talk to shit, they have one fourth of the talent that some of the guys that have been on the ships right now. Okay, but here's something. Here's something I'm gonna ask you, man. In kind of relation to that, and here's what I respect about you the most. Like I said, you do this job for so long, you get to that kind of like I don't know about you. If you ever reach a depression state, but here's what I love about you is, and everybody and everybody agrees, is that if you didn't know better. You act like you're a fourth year comic in the sense of how you push it. Like, you know, it's easy to get lazy. You come off, you know, you work a, say you work a cruise ship. You make, you've been around for a while, so you make good money. Okay, you can come home and sit on your ass and do whatever. But instead, you'll come off, say, on a Wednesday. And then you'll be at your local club at Comedy Works in Denver, which is where you are. Comedy Works in Denver. And you'll be, or you'll be at work in a loony bin. I so go to the open mics. You go, go open, open mics. Mic. That's what I'm saying. You're 30 years in the game. Workout rooms. You're 30 years in the game and you still do that and that's what people don't understand about and so I'm gonna ask you man what keeps you going what keeps you motivated to do that because it's easy to get in that kind of doldrum well it's the same thing that me and you me and you always trade notes about this as soon as a special comes out either you'll hear from me or I'll hear from you yes say, hey did you see this one did you see that one yeah and we trade notes about it because I'm still a fan yes I'm still a fan yes there's there's a there's guys I watch these young guys, and they love stand up, but they don't love stand up. Yeah, you know, a lot of them they they just uh, it's I'm gonna drink, I'm gonna hang out with my friends, I wanna smoke some weed, dude. I still go when when it, when we were in, I would I would go to the club just to watch, you know, because I never believe that old adage. People always say, "Oh, you got to get on stage as much as you can." I'm like, no, sometimes your ass needs to sit down and, and watch, 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 because even a, so, even a first time open mic or, 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 or open mic, even they'll have a gym in there. You go, oh, or or, or it'll spark something. You like, ah, or like say not stealing his joke, but it go like, oh, you know what? Maybe I need to look at my joke from this angle, whatever. You can you could yeah. always learn. You could always learn. Yeah. And and that's the thing right there. You just said it, always learn. Yeah. Because you see a lot of these guys. Um, you know, they when the especially when the Me Too stuff started happening, yeah, and the, and the whole LGBTQ, you know, all that stuff happened. Uh, a lot of guys were still telling certain jokes that they've been telling for twenty years. Yes, and then and then they realize that they they don't, they never realize that the shit they're doing now doesn't fly it's antiquated sensibilities yes it's, i mean yeah. it's, it's like watching old, old movies before i mean i'm, I'm a firm believer yeah. that they have a, a they have, somebody goes to me and races all those scenes but if, it's like watching old movies when they have scenes you go oh you know right in the environment now like i don't know and there's jokes you go i might have to put this one away because it's not gonna fly now and but yeah like yeah and it's good because it, it, it you know that means you got to write again which is always which is a good thing if you i mean you, you your act should be evolving i mean you watch the, the louis ck special like i did and i that, mean but that's the problem they don't they don't take that 
if you if you don't sit down and watch some, especially these young guys. Yeah. I mean, there's some guys, especially here in Denver. You know how how much of a beast of a scene this is. Here. Yeah. There there's some guys here where it, there's um there's a step right. Every this is comedy. Yeah. Right. And every now and then, like that, you know, it'll it'll just it's a stutter step. Right. And then oh oh, everybody else has to catch up. Right. So you got these guys. They they never. They're just still here. Yes. Comedy's over here now. Yes. Comedy's way over here now. And you're still doing some of these fucking beat down references and 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 the old tropes and you, you know, you've got to evolve. It's like it's like yeah. anything else in life. You gotta evolve, man. You gotta roll with the changes. Yeah. I mean, you can be the same yeah. central person. I mean, like it's like look at a tell. A tell is still one of the greatest in the business. And is that and it's is just still, still funny. So, and to ask you, okay, how often do you write and how long do you write? Dude, um, I go through spurts. Right. I go through spurts, which um, <clears throat> my problem is that I don't have um, the dedication that like Seinfeld and, and, and Chris Rock and some of those guys have. That's my problem. Yeah. Which, I mean, we can, but that, but this is not that much of a problem because because we can still get to that. All it is is just a matter of going, you know what? I need to pick up this book. And you pick up this book and yeah. you start reading and you start putting stuff in this book. Putting it together. Right? And, and so, you know, I, I can look through this now, man, and and the dates are in here. Do you go so old school? Do you go old school and write longhand? Well, I still, I still, I still, I put stuff on the phone. I'll make notes, but I still feel, and you probably feel the same way. There's a connection between this. Yes. This, yes. And this and this. There's yes. still a connection when for you, me. Yes. So I like to write it out longhand. I mean, to I me, mean, when, I can look at it on the screen, but when you write like, out, I mean, when you write out longhand, there's something about that that makes me laugh to myself. When you write something, it, the brain works different. You know, when I write long, and I and I remember, I apologize to you because I remember that one time we were working together on a ship, and remember you had your you had the subject matter on on a, on yellow notepad. And you put it on the speakers, on, on the monitors on stage. And I was like, what are you doing? You're like, fuck you, mind your business. And I said, all right, man. And then and then now I'm going, you know what? That was kind of brilliant. Because I don't know how many times I've, I've, want, I've wanted to get to some stuff. And I go with my notes before I go on stage. But I'll forget it in the in, in, while I'm on stage. And I go, and now looking back, I go, I apologize. Because that, that was brilliant. Because you, you got to them. You got to well, those jokes. Was, yeah, my thing was like, um, every show, I wanted at least one new joke. Oh, definitely. You definitely should have one to Joe. You so, got to keep you so interested. I was, so I, yeah. Yeah. So I'm like rolling through it and everything's like, and I, it was, I remember I had, um, it was a, a, a three thing of, it was like a, a piece of cardboard. Right. And I had put like um, little stickers on there so I could write my set list out, sit, sit it up there. And then I would put it up on the, on the floor mm -hmm. because I never trusted um, anybody to do it for me. Yes. Yes, you got to do that. I knew, I knew, yeah, I knew. But I, I'd always have like, you know, here's tried and true, tried and true, tried and true, new joke. Tried and true, tried and true, tried and true. And and because that's I always and and that's and that's a good, another good thing too. That's the reason why I'm glad I recorded all those shows because now I can go back through all these tapes. You record everything. And, and yeah, I think I saw you on the grassy knoll. I think I saw you film who actually killed Kendi. I was on the other knoll. Oh, okay. Which knoll was so that? I didn't, I didn't get the. I didn't get to see the the Kennedy thing. <laughs> well, I, mean, you... I, I saw Kennedy when he went by. <laughs> Did he wave? And I, I remember. I remember saying 
to, to this brother that was there I said, man, this is a fucking stupid ass idea, man. You shouldn't be out here like that. Next thing you know, everybody went crazy. Next thing you know, uh-oh. And, uh, yeah. Should have went with the hard top. Should have went with the hard top in the tenant windows. But, hey, who am I? Well, yeah, come who in. am I to know? But, hey, before we get out here, man, I want to ask you right now, because I know it's, I know you're going to give me a good one. Okay, give me your overall top five of all time and then your top five right now. Man, top five of all time. Top comedians? five. Yes, sir. Oh man. Dude, that's a that's like an ever evolving list. I mean, um, let's see. Uh Richard Pryor. Number one. Uh uh-huh. Okay. Uh George George Carlin. Okay. Bill Cosby. That's three. Um uh Don Rickles. Four. Man, the toss-up, it's a toss-up on five for me. Probably um, Joan Rivers and Dick Gregory. Okay, okay. Nice, 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 nice. Okay, how about right now? Right now? Oh, man. Um, Chappelle. Okay. Chris Rock. Okay. Uh, Bill Burr. Uh-huh. Um, man. That's three. Um, Give me two. Some, some more. Okay. Some more. I love some more. It's just a fourth. How many, how many more I got left? You got one more. So who did I name? My name's Chappelle, Bill Burr. Superb. Um, some more. Support, uh, some more. Bill Burr, Chappelle, Burr. So. Bill Burr, Chappelle, Bill Moore. Uh, man, Chris Rock. Chris, yeah, Chris Rock. So I think you want more. Man. Oh, wow. Maybe a, there's a young guy I like, man. Um, it wasn't like stand up as far as we do it, but um, it was one of the strongest specials I, I'd ever seen. Who? Which one? Uh, uh, Bo Burnham, Make Happy. Okay, I like, you know, I like Bo. Bo's different. I like Bo. I like Bo. I, I know what you it mean. Was, I, I know what was, you mean. It was different. It was different. Here's it was. It was my favorite Bo Burnham joke was when he, not, not the last special, but the special before that, he goes, you know what? A lot of uh, comics hate me, and I'm going to do my impression of every club comic. And he goes, so my wife says, and then that was it. Man, I thought that was great. Man, I thought that was funny. Because <laughs> yeah, he's different, but yeah, man, I like that list. But The light, the, the no. light show the light show that he did, the way everything was so well synced. Yeah. And it was it wasn't really a stand up piece as more it was a, a theater piece. No Louis C.K. So I do I love Louis C.K. Okay, okay. I love Louis C.K. Okay. And I, um the one of his best bits ever, man, was uh when he's taking the family on vacation. Remember that? Oh, that's that's he, he he gets he puts everybody in the car and he's doing all this stuff and then he uh, he gets them in the car and he walks around the back of the car. <laughs> And he gets into his seat and he goes, that was my vacation. <laughs> <laughs> that was my vacation. That, that's what I love about you know. And, and you know, I, 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 I could talk comedy to you all day, man. I, this could be a part two, literally, because we could go all day. And that's what I love about we you. Like you said, we could do it again in a few weeks and we can just do. Uh, we can do road stories, man. I got some great road stories. Oh, that's what we should have done the first. Oh, we got we well, we both. I forgot you. Dude, I forgot what you Vince saw Hedberg, that I did. Alonzo Bolton. I forget. Um, 
Remember, remember, yeah, remember, remember us? I got all this stuff. Remember sellout when we did Indianapolis and and the parking lot and remember that and the girl you were like, all right, babe, do you you do you? <laughs> you remember that? I mean, we don't go into detail, but you remember that? Do you remember that? I remember you. Used, I remember you would always disappear. <laughs> I remember that. I remember. Uh, I remember we were in Denver, and uh, I was at. We were at a club, and all of a sudden, all I hear is a. Uh, all right, guys, I'm out. And I looked up, and you were gone. You were just yeah. Just, I, I, I'm a Houdini. You would just disappear. I, I don't believe in but I just leave, man. I just leave. You know why? Why make a big thing? I yeah. just leave. You know. But man, yeah, we got to do road stories, man. Because I tell you, man, I got. Uh, Mitch Hedberg stories, uh, Alonzo oh. Bolton, uh, Sinbad. I'm gonna have uh, you back on the. I asked some great stories, man. And, uh, I'll have you I back might on. I have to just, I yeah, to just put those in, put those in and just and just put them out online. Just especially especially some of those wild. Ooh, we had some wild stories. We had some wild times. The first, the very first time we did. Uh, the sellout oh, comedy my, tour. Man, this is this definitely works a, in Denver. This is definitely a part two. We just yeah. That week was that week was bananas. Yeah, that's I mean, when we knew we had something. That's man. when we oh man, we got you know what? We got to come back. We'll we'll do a part two. I don't know when we'll do a part two and talk. But uh, man, anything you want to plug before we get off? Anything you want to plug? Um, hey man, just everybody. If you just go by my um my Instagram page, uh, Lewis Johnson Comedy, everything is is on there. No, no Facebook, uh, Twitter. So my, yeah, well, my Twitter is a little angry because my, my Twitter is all about. Yeah, I know. Trump, <laughs> you know. So don't go, don't go, don't yeah. go to my Twitter. Yeah, you might get your feelings hurt. Just go yeah. to my, my my Instagram is uh, all, you know, all my clips are there. Okay. My Facebook page and my Instagram is the same. No YouTube uh, channel. Lewis Johnson comedy. No YouTube channel. I got YouTube channel too, but I'm redoing all of the videos now. Okay. We got time. We got time. Yeah. I can redo all. I can. I can rebrand all my videos. Gotcha. Okay. That's Wyatt about 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 branding. Oh yeah, he's about to tell me when we get off the air. Yeah. Trust me, he's gonna tell me about that. Because, uh, yeah, yeah. Be be sure to hit him to branding. Well, he knows Wyatt. all about branding. He's, he's gonna get me investing in branding and all of everything. I might I might change my name okay. after I talk to you, Lou. You never know. You go. I think BT is a definitely an adolescent name. I think you should grow up and and go with your real name. Thanks, Wyatt. No problem, BT. All right, man. Yeah, I was about to say your real name, but I, I don't want you yeah, to Yeah, don't do that. Yeah, I will. trust me, I would. I, I, trust me, I would. Man, Lou, man, from the bottom of my heart, man, you know how I feel about you. And I've always, you know, you don't get the props you deserve for being one. I mean, you are one of the best. It's still in the business, still doing it, and with the love and the passion. And that's what I love about you. And that's why I had you on, man. And, you know, not to let, you know, our business, our business, but, you know, I apologize to you for what went down. And I stand, I, and I stand by that. I was wrong. So, yeah, man. Thank you for coming on this. You know, I appreciate you. I love you like a brother, Lou. I mean hey, that. Man. All love, man. All, All love, love, Lou. Man. So thank you for uh, doing my show with Tales, Tales from a Gemini. I appreciate it, Lou. I will holler at you later, partner. Respect, brother. Respect, brother. And thank you guys for uh, watching Tales from a Gemini. I appreciate you guys. And I guess I will talk to you whenever. Bye.